0: Destination is the stars. Hello and welcome to the Sci-Fi Round Table. I'm John Cronshaw. I'm Shane Thomas, and today we're going to
1: talk about the Neuralink, which is Elon Musk's new company and everything that is going into it, which is going to one day make us, uh, what was that word, John? Homo Deus? Homo Deus, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Gods. <laughs> it is a brain machine interface. So it is something that'll allow your brain to interact directly
0: with a computer. Okay, so this is something directly out of uh, 1980s Cyberpunk, basically.
1: Oh, big time. Yeah, something similar to uh, the movie Strange Days or uh, similar to even uh, Johnny Mnemonic or Ghost in the Shell. What he wants to do is to take over your cerebral cortex, which is the part of your brain that actually stores everything that is us and everything that you do, Uh, which when you look at the brain, when it's all wrinkly like a walnut, that surface area, the top layer of the surface area is all the gray matter. And it's where all that information is underneath the white matter is just a network of neurons that interconnect with one another. So this overlay that they're developing would sit on top of your cerebral cortex and interface directly with your brain, providing direct communication between yourself and uh, other machines and other people for the
0: first time in human history, to me, this is dystopian stuff. <laughs> i'll be honest this you know I, I mean maybe it's just because of like what I write and things, but when I read about this and it just gave me chills I, I always think of like right what are the unintended consequences
1: yeah i <laughs> and with every technology, there's always someone that can use it for harm, you know when we began to forge metal, it wasn't just to create a plow hard enough to till northern soil and, and spread humanity further north. It, it was also used to create weapons, uh, stronger swords and shields and, and weapons of war. And the same has gone through all all of history, more or less. Any Anything we've invented, uh,
0: at one point,
1: someone's learned to use it to hurt somebody else.
0: It's a tool argument, isn't it? It's like, you know, a hammer can build a house or it can smash it in someone's head. So it's... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: it's it's just that this will be a tool that puts us further than anything else this is the one every tool we have augments our ability to do things but this augments our ability to think and thinking is what separated us from every other species on the planet so to make a human being that is that much more efficient at
0: thinking we'll be really living in a time of superhumans It brings me back to there's a a Henry Ford story where he was in court. He was being questioned about all this kind of trivia stuff and he was like, look, I know people who know this, so why do I need to know it? And so it's like, it's almost the same thing where there's a possibility that you've got the same fear that people had with books, where people were like, oh, it's going to damage memory, but actually it meant that we had more collective knowledge. And so maybe that this is something where okay, we're not going to need to learn things in the same way, but then it's going to allow for lower-level thinking to be outsourced. What
1: Elon Musk is doing today is entering the BMI industry, which mainly consists of artificial eyes, artificial ears. So he's hoping that introducing new products and innovations into existing markets will grow the market so much that he can develop this end product goal of his, which is the Neuralink that can do all these crazy superpowered mental calculations to all sort for anyone that that had it. And here's the scary part: this would actually have to go under your skull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he states that that's one of his challenges is that he's working on a relatively non-invasive way, and you can't put a needle in. Certain, I I forget what part of the head, but you can put a Uh, (laughs) needle to allow strings of carbon nanotubes to go in and uh, Uh, unroll and uncurl into the. uh, He's hoping he can do do something similar to a a stint, like for your heart, where you can travel through a vein to get to the right area and then release this thing to kind of set itself up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just picturing one of those um, robotic slug kind of things from the Matrix. You know, the thing that they like, put in their ear and crawls in and. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> horrible.
1: Well, that's, <laughs> that's a better option than Star Trek's The Borg.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: next generation, but a guy with a walkie talkie taped to the side of his head and an anchor <laughs> for a hand. I would like, the perfect creation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my wife and I always crack up when the Borg episodes are on.
0: Well, you would say that as a puny human, so yeah, you know, yeah. You just I just don't, don't you understand. just don't understand the greatness. It's, yeah.
1: Little so, I know, all those outlandish uh, upgrades are are like retro Borg fashion.
0: <laughs> I suppose this kind of links back to the episode we did a few weeks ago about a blindness, but like I hadn't really thought about the idea of it being enabling technology for people with disabilities, and you know, if there is stuff that can be done. The reroutes the brain or does something to help people with deafness and, and vision impairment and stuff. It's like, okay, now I'm kind of thinking that could be really cool. Yeah. You know, if oh, you can help yeah. people to walk or, you know, things like Alzheimer's and dementia and things like that, or if you can use it in that way. Here's an interesting thing about the end product, which is at least
1: five to 10 years off. And uh, with the growth curve of the industry, it could take as long as 150 years to reach that final end product. But uh, like processors in the 1950s, how now every certain number of months, we double the capacity of a processor. He's hoping that mm-hmm. if enough players enter the market, and if, you know, if Elon Musk is starting a company to build this market, you'd better believe that other competitors are going to enter because he's going to make something that makes a big splash on, on the world. And uh, people are going to be excited mm-hmm. about it. The guy went to space, he pioneered the electric car, and now he wants to add something into our brains. So uh, he doesn't, you know,
0: he's not taking... And he also came up with the best company name ever, which is The Boring Company. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. but If if you want something, again, dystopian, it's like, yeah, The Boring Company, nothing to say here. We're just completely inert. (laughs) The Boring Company. I haven't heard of that one. So this is a company that is involved in doing things like the Hyperloop and the um, underground tunnels in Seattle and places like that.
1: Yeah, I heard him on Joe Rogan talking about how he wanted to start a tunnel to alleviate LA traffic, how he would just have people driving underneath one another.
0: Yeah, like a 10-layered tunnel thing. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Which could be pretty interesting. Was that, was that before or after he uh, started smoking a joint?
1: And right his
0: stock, before, <laughs> stock plummeted. <laughs> right before doobie time. <laughs> Disability stuff is really interesting. And this is where I kind of have my pessimistic flip of, okay, we've got things like Facebook and Twitter, and we've seen how they've been manipulated and used and hacked and things like that in order to undermine democracies and things like that. And it's like, if you've got technology that is wired into your brain, That's frightening. That's like... What if if you um, get hacked, like in Ghost in the Shell? What if someone... Yeah. You. If you get hacked and you become like one of those wasps, you know, the, um, what is it? The wasp, the zombie wasp things that get infected by parasites and... Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, wrote a short story about that. Metareasum Anisoplay, That's that green fungus that takes over the ants and turns them into zombies. And it's all to propagate more of
0: the green fungus. It's absolutely insane. And I think, okay, you've got the potential for hacking. You've got the potential for real dark stuff. You know, if you can actually have an access to a brain and you're running a despotic uh, kind of hyper-controlled society, it's like... Okay, this person is thinking the wrong thoughts. Right off to the gulags for you, kind of thing. So right. I don't or, know. Or just know. all right. Update him with a better person. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he's a patch. <laughs> oh God, it's horrible. Like it's just absolutely that side of it.
1: In, in order to make this maximally frightening, let me. T- and I read. Uh, let me uh, cite this article here that uh, our very own Greg Krojak in the roundtable shared with the group from uh, com, And the article is titled Neuralink and the Brain's Magical Future. It'll be available in the show notes. You can also go to waitbutwhy.com slash 2017 slash 04 slash Neuralink.html. This is where I'm uh, getting all the fervor to have my very own, uh, what the author of the article calls a wizard hat. So not only would this thing be invasively inserted under your skull, to cover the surface of your neocortex. <laughs> so you would be able to record your experiences as you're having them. Uh, for instance, I could record the experience of doing this podcast with you and then in- let's not do that <laughs> to relive my experience of recording the podcast through my eyes. And this is what's exciting. If I, I don't have 2020 vision. So when people saw What I was seeing, whether they had very poor vision or very excellent vision, they would only see things through my vision and they would only hear things that I was able to hear and have a dull sense of smell. So they wouldn't smell hardly anything, uh, even if they were very, uh, talented at those senses or, or adept to those senses, rather, uh, they would only experience my experience as I experienced it. And if they're a very mellow person and I'm a very
0: high strung person, they would feel high strung while they were experiencing it. As someone who edits audio, I can make your voice sound deeper. (laughs) I can augment it, I can change it. So it's like you you can edit this stuff. Um so you can heighten your reality and you know, we've seen it with Instagram filters and things like that. There's always a way of kind of having overlays and warps. And
1: that's that's the next bit. On top of being able to, yeah, you could stories, have a, you would be able to alter them. Or, and this is what's exciting for fiction creators, you would be able to fabricate in a sort of holodeck type of scenario where you're living in this virtual reality experience, creating a story while. You're experiencing something and, and creating a story. So instead of us writing on our laptops, uh, we would be working with this application in a virtual reality, making the story for people to experience.
0: Okay. That yeah. yeah, that's that. That's got potential. I like that. Yeah, that could yeah. be interesting. So that could um, be really exciting. there's a episode of Black Mirror. I think it's in the first series that this reminds me of actually. And in the world, the people have a little implant in their eyes that records everything in real time and they can rewind it and rewatch it and things like that and share it. And this kind of reminds me of that. Oh, yeah. This would be a capability. Because that takes a real dark turn. And <laughs> I could think to myself,
1: what is the definition of ambidextrous? And I would just know what the word means.
0: Sorry, this is just bringing to mind black mirror episodes. That's a trouble It's like right. there's um, an episode where there's a guy who's trapped in um, like this ball thing for a thousand years, or it feels like a thousand years to him in this virtual thing, and when one of the people leave this thing, they have a thing on where they are what's called blocked people <laughs> block them are blurred out. So that they can't see them or interact with them or feel them or anything. Oh wow! Um, but this happens to the whole whole world around them. All the sea is just humans as like almost like a gauze or like a, a grey sheen, and that's it. And hear muffles and mumbles and yeah. So yeah, this just brings to mind stuff like that for me. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. So here's why Elon Musk said he is making this. And this is through the interpretation of the article writer, of course. It's not a direct quote from Musk. They're theorizing that the reason he wants this Neuralink to be a product widely available to humanity is so that when singularity occurs, which as sci-fi authors, many of us already know that singularity is when all robots become artificially intelligent and can link their minds together, you know, Terminator's Judgment Day, more or less. Uh, So when singularity happens, he's hoping that mankind has reached a point in interacting with artificial intelligence that will be a symbiotic partner rather than uh, something different than the AI, which would basically be superior to people in every way. Mm -hmm.
0: <laughs> so yeah i mean i like it how you mentioned a terminator there as a uh, scenario you know because <laughs> that's what we're going toward here
1: people with uh google's ai getting smarter and smarter by the day and one day maybe even waking up
0: there's a the stuff with the what's it called the richard k morgan the um is it the crovac series i want to say and it's the one with like altered carbon The books are all about uploading minds and, you know, you can't really die. But there are instances where you can say, for example, if your body gets destroyed before you've been able to upload your mind or you've died in a place that's outside of a upload zone and things like that. So it has like a weird thing that develops, which is basically these very rich people who develop a fetish for really killing people. Um, So it's like, you know, real death is like a bit of a fetish.
1: Lots of bad things can happen when when you've got this sort of power. And one of the things that uh, he's also done, Musk, that is, uh, to prevent the singularity going wrong, is that he started an AI company that is, uh, they don't hold copyright and patents on anything that they develop. Their goal is to help everyone develop an AI at the same time. That way, one small group of humans don't control the only AI that can run the world.
0: Yeah, but isn't there a thing recently where they have developed something where they've said, actually, we're not sharing this because it's too dark? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I wasn't aware of that. Because it is part of this open source AI project where they've developed something and they've, they've kind of taken a step back and gone, actually... This is too damaging if we share this. So they've got the gloves of the dystopian power if they need it. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Just putting that out there, you know. Well, this is a first on the Sci-Fi Roundtable, but we are joined halfway through by a uh, fellow author, Andy Zach. How you doing, Andy? Uh, how do you do? We're uh, talking about the Neuralink,
1: which is a uh, brain-machine interface that Elon Musk is hoping to develop in our lifetimes Uh You said you've done a bit of research into AI. What are your opinions on the interface? Let's see. I've been
2: studying AI now for 30 years, Uh, going back to the 80s, and thought it was the next big thing in the 80s, and I had to wait uh, 20 years before it was the big thing. But I would think the neural link will work. But the question is, how will we perceive it uh, from our uh, point of view? we understand the information we get, be able to perceive the information.
1: One thing about the Neuralink is when we communicate with one another and with computers, we're not going to be communicating in the English language. We're going to be communicating in pure thought. One thing mm-hmm. I'm wondering is just, what is my thought? How do I perceive of my thoughts? How do I turn them into words? or ideas and what is an idea for that matter? I've been giving that a lot of thought the last couple of days and I still haven't come
2: to a conclusion. Great question, because even from a neurological point of view, the uh, neurologists aren't sure.
1: One of the stumbling blocks of artificial intelligence is we really aren't too sure what thinking is, only that we can
2: do it. Before we can have a Neuralink, we would need to understand how to translate uh, binary data into whatever our brains use for thought, and uh, I would expect that would take some time.
0: There were some interesting experiments that were done on sound that I thought were interesting where you could actually translate the perception of sound waves into brain waves, and then you could actually translate them back quite easily and and it was almost like the brain waves echoed the sound wave. So I don't know whether there's a similar thing that goes on with different sense perceptions or anything like that, or whether this is just a bit too complicated for us to, to get <laughs> it's too complicated
1: now, what for pre heard... neuralink Shane, but post Neuralink Shane will understand it completely. <laughs>
2: What I had heard was that we have the capability going the other direction where our brain waves or magnetic thought patterns can be interpreted into uh, individual words. There was a movie about that where they had helmets that would just take thoughts and take them as commands uh, based on a uh, Russian jet that was thought activated.
1: Oh, was that called Foxfire?
2: It might have been, yeah. Yeah. yeah, The movie Up, the cartoon with the floating
1: house, the dogs yeah. up, uh, these helmets that can help. Oh, yeah, that's
2: right.
0: <laughs> that's right. This, again, goes back to what I was saying earlier about this is just ripe for hacking. This is ripe for despotic regimes to use for thought control things. And- the
1: article raised an interesting point in that regard. So ISIS was able to... Uh, you know, form a group and do these horrible things with just the power of the internet. So, what are a bunch of people with diabolical end games going to do with the Neuralink? It's it's limitless. Even with uh, the whole uh, Trump election and the the Brexit political thing, and in that, uh, I, I'm not too aware. There was some group that was able to influence people through ads and all these data points. Our Cambridge Analytica. So, you you know, that's just looking at your Facebook feed. What's it going to be like when they can literally reprogram the way you think? (laughs) Frightening. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to have, uh, you know, top of the line, uh, you know, Norton antivirus for the head or. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to want to do the. Well, you can always pull the plug.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So would you get it then, Shane?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I don't know if Whoa. I'd be an early adopter or if I'd wait till it was mainstream. I I might wait till all the bugs were worked out. So
2: and there's there's last yeah,
1: answer as well. Um ever since I read the Dune prequels, which were about the the cyborg wars, and people were uploading their brains into like, you know, just a giant bird that flies through space. I knew right then and there that the end of my biological existence shouldn't be the end of me. I got bigger aspirations now. So I think that Neuralink is a great uh segue, you know, start talking with the AI, buddy up to the AI, become one of them and ditch the body. A lot
2: of software to develop such as consciousness and uh, the mapping between thoughts.
1: Andy, would you get a Neuralink?
2: It would depend on the details. The devil is in the details and uh, I tend uh to be nervous about physical connections because uh, of the danger of infection, particularly with the brain. So I'm thinking of the things that can go wrong there. Assuming everything works, I would prefer to have like a helmet where... Uh, You would communicate via uh, brain waves and magnetic fields, which are, uh, it's not clear whether it's the electronic signals in the neurons that are the thoughts or whether it's the brain, the magnetic fields caused by the electronics.
1: So for you, you'd like it if it was a non implanted type of thing where you could put it on in the afternoon for
2: an hour. Yeah, you could put it on and take it off. Yeah, you don't want a hundred percent connection with the internet.
1: Yeah, John, what about you? Are you going in?
0: No, <laughs> absolutely not. No, no. This is this is one of those like unintended consequences things we do not know what the effects would be to I don't know like how would this affect the limbic system you know how would this affect the instinctual stuff and you know just the basic reactions that we have like how is our brain going to react to almost this parasitic or symbiotic thing existing alongside it it might just rebel or you know a limbic system might just go what the hell is going on and just go insane so Maybe I want no part of had it all their hardware <laughs> on the outside <laughs> exactly yeah yeah just yeah stick a stick a speaker on the side of your head that's all you need it's fine
1: yeah. <laughs> and don't forget the uh, black and decker
0: hand of you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> wasn't it a nintendo power glove I think that's what it was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so so
1: two against and one for. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, so I've written a lot about prehistory, and I am very fascinated with the point in time where there were many different types of human being alive at the same time, like Homo neanderthalis and Homo Denisovan and Homo Florensesis. And many of them bred in with humanity, we're finding now that they're able to do uh, genetic sequencing and have mapped the Neanderthal DNA and Homo Denisovan DNA. They're able to determine that large percentages of the world have, you know, between two and five percent of these extinct early human ancestors as part of their genetic makeup. So, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. There were just more Homo sapiens, and always you know uh immigrating and immigrating into the different parts of the world where these other human beings evolved and differentiated themselves mm-hmm. from earlier forerunner species so it makes me wonder when a neuralink is a real thing and it is taking like mass adoption like where it gets to the point where like facebook users now like half of the world is on facebook when the neuralink is like that and half of the people have it and half of the people don't have it at that point, we might actually be uh, a different species, like John mentioned earlier, like Homo Deus. Like this could be the thing that's the turning point between species differentiation: those who never plugged in and, and those who chose to, uh, you know, become part of the internet.
0: But yeah. This- Reminds me, actually, of a thing that a friend of mine was telling me about a few years ago, and he was from Zambia, and he was telling me that there's basically a massive divide in a lot of African countries between people who are online and those who aren't. And he said it's almost like a completely just other world, other society that's this split. I imagine you would have something like that where there's the people who are the adopters. Yeah, it just turns into like a class divide and... Potential tension and area for conflict. Let's say,
2: yeah, I see it more as a cultural thing than a special thing. There, uh, it'll definitely change uh, cultural but... thing because species
1: differentiation can take as much. Mm-hmm. And even, even like the Homo Neanderthalis and Homo sapiens were able to interbreed with one another because there's less than two million years. Between the time that those species were the same species. So it, it would have to be like a far flung thing for us to be a whole separate, uh, you know, where you couldn't kiss a girl unless she had the Neuralink type of situation.
2: And then you'd have to get at the very least different breeding populations. And yeah, I can't it, it, see human beings conforming to that.
1: No, uh-uh. no we love the uh, girl dates the guy from the wrong side of the track story so much. Some people are attracted to people that are not the same as them. So there's always going to be that kind of interplay. I think the only way that humanity would differentiate as a species would be if we never developed faster than light technology, but did populate other planets to where it was a like a very serious impairment for, you know, crossbreeding, I guess, between the colonies.
0: We've got this idea of this technology coming out and you're seeing it as a what a single monolithic thing, whereas it will be like Mac and Windows, but in your head. So it will be like two different operating systems. Maybe they won't be compatible. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe they'll be like, um, tiers like you get with cable companies and stuff like okay you're really rich so you can the super genius level you're not so you can have the basic package. Even on the internet now,
1: if you want access to a college library or some other websco host, a, like a subscription where you have access to compilations of literary journals, all of the internet is not free today is what I'm trying to say. So it would make sense that you know deeper learning would still be unavailable just to anyone that could Google.
0: You know, even the fact that we do have Google, we do have access to such a vast array of knowledge, and anything we want to learn about, we can look up. People still spend their days looking at cat videos. So,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I can see using the neural link to uh, watch cat videos all day.
0: Yes, except they'll be amazing and in your head. Watch cat
1: videos, you would use the neural link to be a kitten to bat a ball of yarn.
0: No, you would use a neural link to make a phone in your hand that you could look at YouTube with. That would be the...
1: Yeah, yeah. the neural link would be like you would go to a virtual reality where you sit on your 2000 and... (laughs) And hold your own. Yeah. Hold your phone in your hand. It doesn't exist yeah. anymore because you have artificial screens populating in your field of vision whenever you need them, rather than pulling. Yeah, mm.
0: like <laughs> yeah. I mean, is um, what is it? I think it's Rainbow's End by Verna Vinge, which um, deals with a lot of this stuff, and it's a lot of augmented reality things and how the experience of the augmented reality is basically a series of micro payments. And because you could go to a bit of the world that is like something from a Terry Pratchett novel, but every time you look at it, you're automatically forced to pay a bit of royalties to mm-hmm. Terry Pratchett.
1: Imagine that. You just have all these ads kind of on the side of your periphery, just screaming and, and blaring and in, in neon colors. Oh, right. it'll be awful.
0: It, like, yeah, it'll oh, be awful. A dollar. <laughs> yeah, it'll be paid for through advertising, which you can't escape. It'll be the worst, and it'll be targeted to your exact desires and thoughts. It'll be able to read your mind at that moment. You know, something that you want, and then it's going to give you an advert delivering what you want to a payment method. And
1: here's yeah. here's another interesting thing that I forgot <laughs> to
0: mention that the Neuralink can do.
1: Um, instead of taking, you know, if you go to the doctor and they give you pills for for whatever, instead of getting pills in the future, you'll go to the doctor when you have your Neuralink and he'll just prescribe your Neuralink to change certain hormone levels. So that uh. you wake up at seven o'clock and feel energized. And, you know, after your breakfast, you won't be hungry again until 1 PM for lunch. And you're not going to want sugar until, you know, only between seven 30 and 8 PM at night when you normally have your frozen yogurt. And, you know, you'll be able to dial in, okay, I want to feel very productive in the morning. I want to feel relaxed in the afternoon. Uh, these are things that you know. People you know, drink coffee and do all sorts of things to try to prime themselves for certain moods. And instead, that's
2: something you would just dial into the neuralink. <laughs> yeah, all I can think of is uh, things that can go wrong with that <laughs> scenario.
1: Sure, I just had an image of uh, such as what a, a Joker in his spray that made everyone laugh. You could have a hacker that could go around and just make everyone a giddy idiot for the afternoon.
2: What happens if uh, you're being attacked by something, uh, say uh, a wild animal or something, and you're in a mellow mood being broadcast by your neural net and you need a jolt of adrenaline and it's being suppressed at that moment. I
0: can't remember which Isaac Asimov book it is. It's one of the foundation ones. And there's a character in there called the mule who could oh, yes. um, read emotions um, yeah. and has an influence. And manipulate them. Yeah. And I'm thinking that, you know, If Elon Musk turns evil, and he has all these controls over people's minds, uh, and he can influence the emotions, and it might not necessarily be him, but... mm,
2: Well, there's (laughs) uh, also the issue, does the body become habituated to the stimulation, and then do you need more and more as time goes on? And does it start to ignore the stimulation, or does it have other negative uh, effects? Over time, we're in a new area that we're researching. And then my question for Shane, since he's getting connected first, is (laughs) uh, how do you feel about being an experimental case?
1: Oh, yeah, I don't know if I uh, I would. You know, it's in as far as, uh, you know, there'd be the early uh, inventors and and innovators and early test subjects. And after that seemed to be going well and no one turned green (laughs) after a couple of years, I think. That is when I would get on board.
2: Okay. So you take a little more cautious, a late adopter as opposed to an early adopter.
1: I would call myself a midstream adopter for this. Definitely wouldn't want to be the first guy. I'm thinking of, uh, that movie uh, Tetsuo, the Iron Man. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I a good one, did I, John? Oh, that film creeped the hell
0: out of me. That was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. I'll yeah.
1: Tetsuo, so I'll wait, I'll wait a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was fine body horror, if ever you yeah, wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose maybe that's what it is. It's just watching stuff like that in my formative years, just, uh, yeah, thinking, right, this stuff is going to end badly. That's, no,
1: I think yeah. you're right, though, that it, it won't be like this giant, day to night shift for us it'll be just these small changes of you know at first it, maybe they're only helping people with disabilities live normal lives and and then all of a sudden now if you have this certain fob in your pocket you don't have to open your front door like you can do with your car now my new car i never have to pull my keys out of my pocket i just have to have them in my pocket the door opens the engine starts with just the push of a button and soon everything's going to be fobbed and we won't have to use a key for anything at all. It's just going to be one more step and one more step. And soon it'll be like, Oh yeah, no, those are invasive. I've had a filling before. That's less invasive. To have your neural link put in than it is to have a tooth filled. So I'm going to go for it. I think it's going yeah. to be more like that rather than a, uh, one day half of us are cyborgs
0: and the other half are like cave people. Essentially. There will be a new elite with access to all this knowledge and, there will be the rest of us. <laughs> Don't worry.
1: I'll continue this podcast and continue to tell you guys that choose not to adopt <laughs> where we're at. An old-fashioned analog with my actual talking.
2: <laughs> oh, that's, good. that's reassuring, yeah. especially to uh, Luddites like myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and now that this is on the internet, someone else with the Neuralink can recall this and pull it up and spit it in my face if I ever try to back out. So, and or or laugh at us. Yeah, you have signed a contract
0: by doing this.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe there will be no non-adopters. Maybe one day you think you're going in for a flu shot, and then the next thing you know, you've got a neuralink. Or what if the virus is the neuralink? What if somehow somebody hacks it and decides everyone will be best off with one of these things and turns it into a mobilized virus and you get sick one day. You have the sneezes for a couple of days and a runny nose and a fever. And then the next thing you know, you think about something and a Facebook live screen is panning on the right side of your field of vision. Well,
2: well, that sounds like a uh, takeoff of a
1: zombie virus. Go stand in any line, anywhere. Every single one of them will have their phone in their
0: hand. There's an artist who did an exhibition that was all photographs of people with their mobile phones staring at them but with the mobile phones removed from the pictures so it was just people just staring into the hands and it just looked so depressing it was <laughs> 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 a guy called eric pickersgill so he takes away the mobile phones from people staring at the devices and yeah <laughs>
1: Uh, with digital graphics we yeah keep yeah phones away they would probably just try
0: to grab them back or
1: you know. <laughs> guys any other thoughts on neuralink
0: no i think i think i've, <laughs> I think I've uh, laid my thing, so i'll be prepping in the hills when this thing comes yeah
1: <laughs> well, i'll i'll be eager to observe and hoping to embrace and, and tentative in the early stages Andy,
2: where can we find your work? It's all available on Amazon. I have an Amazon uh, page for Andy Zach. My four uh, novels are out there. Zombie Turkeys, My Undead Mother-in-Law, Paranormal Privateers, and my new series uh, for uh, middle school, uh, Secret Supers.
1: Great. And uh, one of Andy's short stories from the Zombie Turkey series is also uh, where you can find anything of mine on the Science Fantasy Hub. Look for his story. Uh, what, what was the name of that? It was something with a p- in a pickle in a pickle. Thanks. Uh, look for in a pickle under the science fantasy hub subsection, the land of law and my stuff. The Anki legacies is available on that website as well. Um, also a ton of great short reads and uh, lots and lots of book
0: reviews. John, where can we find you? johncronshaw.com can find me there i've got some stories up i'm also doing patreon now so i'm posting lots of short stories lots of samples from forthcoming novels and things like that so that's patreon.com slash john cronshaw author and you can check out my raven glass chronicles fantasy serial so that comes out every month and it is based on the tarot so a lot of fun there
1: Great. And uh, don't forget, if you're an author, go on Facebook and find us online. We're always there. There's thousands of us now at the Sci-Fi Roundtable. Or if you're just a reader, check us out at Reading the Roundtable of Science Fiction and Fantasy. Uh, You can interact with some authors and also find a bunch of our books for free and uh, book reviews of other Roundtable author stuff. So it's a a great place to uh, find your reading and writing delights. Uh, Guys, this was a fun uh, last minute topic. I I love the Neuralink. Everyone check out the show notes. The Wait But Why article will be linked there. It's long. I really recommend you uh, giving it a read. Either get sick like I did and spend the day reading (laughs) it or or cut it up and read it over time. Definitely worthwhile. And we're all going to have to face the decision whether or not to get a Neuralink. So I just want
2: you guys to be informed yeah i'm out (laughs) wait and see need more information
1: all right well this has been another sci-fi roundtable um andy john thanks for joining us and uh you guys have a good night everyone at home drive
2: safe take care thank you so much